Hello and welcome to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, where I, Michelle Carville, interview business leaders around the practicalities of how, in this hyper-connected digital age, they are embracing digital technologies to tune in and connect and communicate. You can find all episodes of the podcast together with show notes via our website, carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. In this episode of the Get Social Connected Leader podcast, I'm delighted to interview Rob Pierre. Rob is the co-founder and CEO of Jellyfish, a global digital partner employing more than 750 people across 21 offices in EMEA, US and APAC. Offering consultancy, agency, training and technology services, Jellyfish works in partnership with some of the world's leading brands to support their digital journeys and transformation. Clients include Uber, eBay, Disney, Spotify, Ford, Aviva Investors and ASOS. Jellyfish have won multiple awards for their work and are also listed in the Sunday Times Best Companies to Work For. On an individual level, Rob has achieved a place in Campaign's A-List, the Beamer 100 and also the Digirati, recognising both his passion for digital and contribution to the industry. In 2018, he was also a London and South finalist for Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year and a finalist for Entrepreneur of the Year at the Investors All-Stars. Rob prescribes to the concept that more is lost from indecision than wrong decisions and as a result has created an environment where people are encouraged to challenge process and innovate. So Rob, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's great to have you here and, um, and I wanted to have a chat with you because of course you are uh, the leader of, of Jellyfish and uh, that is a hugely successful digital agency um, and of course so therefore you are advising clients around their digital journey but of course there's also a very digital element to what you then do yourself as, as kind of leading by example, you know, as an organization um, when it's stalling the benefits of, of digital to your clients. So just tell me a little bit about um, the digital space and how you got into that space and, and, and your role personally around that. So it, I kind of fell into digital, if I'm honest. My background I was very much a retailer. I was a very analytical retailer and um, also in sales and marketing. So it, was, it ended up being quite a natural transition. Yeah. And um, what, what I found is that most of the principles that apply to retail, for example, Pareto's law, and you will sell 80% of your stock from 20% of your stock numbers, um, it became a similar concept within digital, where often you will get 80% of your exposure from 20% of your creative or 80% of your traffic from 20% of your keywords. And actually, it's just the whole measuring, test, analyze, refine, um, and the problem solving. And um, so, yeah, I fell into digital. I was uh, a friend of mine, had a digital well, not even a digital, an IT consultancy business uh-huh. and started dabbling in um, paid search and digital marketing. And we, we kept having conversations and eventually we went on a train journey together. And by the end of that train journey, I said I was going to leave my job in retail and manufacturing, join him and um, start a business that concentrated on digital marketing. And that was 
late 2004, early 2005. Wow. So, and that's where it all began. That's where it all began. Fantastic. That fruitful train journey. <laughs> exactly. So, so of course, so digital over, I mean, we're talking nearly 15 years then, aren't we? You know, nearly coming on to 16 years of that shift. What if, what if the shifts that you've seen about engagement? Because I mean, you know, I started, um, I, I started my business probably around a similar time and it, it really has shifted from back then where there was a lot of resistance around prove this to me, you know, show me the metric, show me how this works. I mean, I, th- I think there's still a, a desire and a need for that level of accountability and analysis and, and, and to be data driven. But there's been an absolute shift around how digital is embraced from my perspective. It, do, you, do you feel that as well from your perspective? 100%. I mean, just the fact that within the ecosystem, a digital first organization like us yeah. is growing from strength to strength is and demonstrates that yes it's being embraced it's being understood in in some ways the tangible nature of digital could be seen as, as a real benefit but it's also a bit of a curse because there's always a way or there's always a perceived way to um analyze and demonstrate value or lack of value and so um i think what's happening now is where once upon a time the performance agency or the digital agency was actually part of the roster. Now we've really just got a marketing agency that's in a digital world. Yes. And that's the difference. And we're finding that we could actually lead the strategy where it's once upon a time, we were the performance bit at the bottom of the funnel. Yeah. That, um, is where digital swept up all the great work that your strategy agency or your creative agency did. But what we're learning is that in this world where there's unlimited media, we can actually follow people on all different platforms. The the big change is that historically you could out buy your competitors. You can bully your way to being a leading brand because if you bought all the available media on television, on um, radio, all the billboards, what can a disruptive brand do? There's just no way to get the desired exposure. Nowadays, if you've got, if you, you use data well and you use all the available digital platforms to access your audience, you can't be frozen out of the market. So that, I think, is where we've seen this transition and this momentum um, with digital. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And it's, it's kind of, it's democratized, hasn't it? You know, that you've got some, some smaller agencies and, and some, smaller, some smaller organizations and indeed individuals really punching above their weight and making significant shifts because they know how to harness these tools effectively. Completely. I mean, my mum would tell everybody that we're one of the biggest organizations in the world because, of course, she's on my website looking at my profile, probably. We cookie her. So um, she's now linked to us. And whichever website she goes to, she sees Jellyfish advertising. So she's like, wow, son, you know, you're advertising on The Guardian and on um, ITV or, or on any of the websites that she goes to. And she thinks that you know, we're paying for this blanket shot and sort of yes. the gun approach, but actually we're just targeting her directly. Yeah, yeah. And and that is powerful. Um so what about social media technologies? Because there's a you know, there's um 
the, you, you know, paid and paid social and, and where we can target people, we can profile people, um, you know, that granular level of being able to, as you say, target them, follow them around, you know, uh, you know, really get under the, the skin of, of, a, of an individual to a degree digitally um, is, is something. What about the conversational, the community aspect side of it? Where, where do you feel that is balanced or fits in? Well, it's, it's interesting because social media has allowed us to join communities that historically weren't accessible to us. If we, if, I think if I look back and think about why did I even start using social media, uh, probably the first one I was using really actively was Facebook. And back then I thought it was a really good idea to upload my 200 photos from my holiday and, uh, and expect that would be interesting to everybody. I was using it to contact my friends, my family, so that the next conversation I have with them when I meet them face to face, you're not going through all the boring, how are you? You've actually got some information and you can say, oh, I noticed you went to Marbella and uh, oh, that, yeah. that hotel looked great or oh, I, you know, you, you, you're, you've had a baby or whatever it is. It was a way in which you can stay in contact with people who are either close to you or uh, you have our family or, or distant friends. Mm. Whereas it's kind of changed. It's, it's evolved over time where you're, you're actually building and, and joining communities where it might be an influencer and you're getting close to their lives and understanding more about them and engaging with them in a way that you wouldn't normally do. Mm. And what's, you're not even really using it to engage with your friends anymore and your family. It's so consumed that your, your feed is monopolized by either influencers or brands or other communities that, like I say, you wouldn't normally have access to. No. And, and it is, I mean, and that, you know, in some ways that can be uh, a negative thing, you know, but in many ways, I mean, if used the right way, I mean, I, I talk about all the time when, you know, I was writing my, um, my last book and I wanted to interview CEOs from around the world that were doing interesting things with um, social media, particularly, you know, they were really leading by example. And, and I literally found these people on the very networks, you know, that I, I, I wanted to um, talk to them about yep. and, and contacted them and, you, you know, built relationships to the extent that we were then having regular emails that turned into conversations, that turned into interviews. You, you know, it, I mean, and indeed it was via Instagram, Rob, that, you know, I, I kind of harnessed you into, into doing this thing, you know. That's right. so, so it gives us, as you say, this opportunity to tap into communities that we wouldn't ordinarily be able to. And I think that's an interesting point externally it allows us to do that. Um, and last week I spoke at an event about internally. Uh, I think sometimes we forget the importance of internal social networks and that kind of disconnect that can sometimes happen within our own organization. So. What is, what is, you know, what's your view about internal social networks internally and you being visible to your team and, you know, not just you, but other leaders, et cetera, et cetera. How does that play out within your organization? Because I know you're spread around the world, aren't you? So, right. you know, so that is difficult for you to be in every office and speaking to every employee and being visible. So are you finding the technologies help you with that? 100%. I mean, it's absolutely essential 
it's uh, I would go as far as to say it's it's imperative for our organization and and often we we it's how you use the platforms and what they're for as well because we don't want too many it's already difficult enough to know what to post on Facebook versus Instagram versus LinkedIn YouTube you know there's there's so many different platforms and you don't want repetition yeah. and um and you don't want you you want to use it to create inclusion not silos so there, there's a lot of considerations but for example, we, we one of our most popular platforms with what we've got over 700 people globally, and we get a 93% participation on this platform. And it's a simple platform called Bonusly. And that's where if somebody demonstrates our core values or helps you, everybody's given a certain number of points. And you actually then allocate those points to people who have done something to support you and help you and, like I say, demonstrate the core values. And you can put gifts and comments and hashtag the core values. And that gets a prolific amount of um, uptake and engagement. Well, okay. What we also find is that things like WhatsApp, yeah, th- th- that's probably the most dangerous one because that creates the little cliques and little groups and... Um, there's a lot of conversation going on in those sort of encrypted, private, dark social environments. Yeah. They're the ones that I've got a sort of close eye on. And I'm trying to make sure that we reduce that and we provide opportunities for people to do that over our intranet or our internal um, platforms, like you said. So yeah. it, is, it is very important. And, and I think access to me and um, I think consistency with what's happening internally, but also my external channels things have changed. No longer can you be that uh, inaccessible CEO that just shows up in the office and you've got nothing in common or you don't know much about them personally. I think people want to know who they're backing, who they're getting behind, and the the real personality behind a leader. Uh And and, and I think consistency is important. So what you say in your personal life and how you portray yourself both at work and in your personal life, needs to be consistent. It needs to be something that uh, the, the, the work, uh, the team, and the people within the work environment, they re- that resonates with them and they can relate to. Exactly. Because, you know, it is, you know, to, to lead, you need the followers and, and you want to lead by example. And, and, and it's, it's interesting. I gave a talk last week about uh, at this summit around employment engagement and um, and it was it was quite frightening actually the statistics between the disconnect between the leaders of the organisation and often the employees and 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 there was costs around that you know a disengaged employee is something like I think Ernst and Young put it at ten thousand dollars in profit per person per annum you wow. know so if you've got a lot of employees that's a that's a lot of money isn't it you know uh, to be squandered so so. Where I see, where, and, and where I personally champion social is, yes, it's great as an external. It's great for you to reach out. It's great for you to find networks. You know, I think some people think of it as just it's broadcast, broadcast, and and in the paid way, then then that is exactly what it is. They are very well thought through, very you know highly targeted um, channels. You know, advertising channels that 
that can work around behaviors and around relevancy, which is more, um, you, you know, engaging than lots of other advertising opportunities. But in the same breath, you know, they're also really useful as this internal glue, you know, this kind of connectivity with teams that that may be feeling disengaged, particularly Absolutely. with leaders that, you know, I actually heard from an, an L&D team that one of the problems they're trying to solve is that people within their organizations don't know what their leadership team does. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, so I suppose the social aspect can really help with that, can't it? Because, you know, I talk about social enabling leaders to kind of walk the floor as you want to, you know, get to know your people, but walk the floor at scale because it's impossible for you to be in front of everybody all the time, you know, and to be listening and learning all the time because you've got a business to run and drive. But but there does need to be that connectivity and that digital aspect enables that in a in a in a much more um, accessible way. Exactly. So I mean, I still and uh, I made a pledge to the business that I would have an induction session with everybody that starts with jellyfish. So nowadays I would go to an office and it might be 30 people at a time, but I do sit for an hour and a half and we discuss the past, why the core values, you know, the triumphs, the mistakes, the, um, what motivates me a little bit about my history and my past. And that is all for the purpose of being making sure that I'm accessible and that they feel that as I'm walking the corridors that they can stop me and say, Rob, I've got an idea. And I, you know, I, I use the analogy that, you know, we're like the Google data center, which is not one big supercomputer. It's multiple CPU units that all work together that can index the billions of searches every day. Yeah. I love that. The more people that we have, the more unique points of view, the the different personalities, the innovation, the creativity, the experience, we're becoming bigger and stronger, but only if we're all working together for the same goal and that you feel that you could contribute no matter where you are in the organization, you can contribute. And the only way that's going to happen is so that I'm not walking past your desk and you kind of look down and pretend you're busy because you think I got nothing in common with this guy. What am I going to say? How, how do we engage in a, in a, in a useful and, and and, uh, a a conversation that's not completely awkward. Yeah. All of these things contribute to that. So I do that physically when, I, when I'm around. But if people want to access my channels, I don't, you know, my Instagram is open. My LinkedIn is always available. Um, and I've kind of got this, my own little rule that I will never approach somebody and I would never invite somebody to my social channel. But yeah. if, if they invite me, then anybody can do that. So there's not that, because I also don't want to be that guy <laughs> that <Yes>. I'm <laughs> going, going around asking for access to our team's yeah. personal yeah. lives and their social channels if yeah. they don't want that. So yeah. it's, it's also a fine balance for us to find what is that sweet spot for how we can engage with everyone in the organization. Yeah, and that's, 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 Great. And, and I really like that, that kind of analogy of the, the data Google center, because it is, you know, it's about the more engaged everybody is, the more, and, and it's interesting on a couple of the other podcasts, people have come out and said that they, it's through their social, almost internal social networking, you know, with their own employees, tapping into the richness that is, that is going on within those organizations that some amazing ideas have come out that just wouldn't ordinarily been able 
to have had that opportunity to be tapped into because there wouldn't ordinarily be a mechanism that enabled it, you know, and it's just answering a simple question or, you know, that metaphorical bumping into the corridor, but done digitally, actually really ignite a conversation. Um, and, And, you know, on a few occasions, just even in the podcast I've been doing, it's come out that some great stuff has come out from that. So, you know, if you're not exploring it, you don't have the opportunity to find it, do you? Completely. Well, another platform that we use is Slido. So we do a company all hands video meeting every month. And um, basically, everyone can dial in. I'm now having to do it twice because um, some of our territories don't work on a Friday and the, the countries in the Asia region we yeah. just can't get all the time zones. So we do it twice. But under underlying um, is a platform called Slido. And everybody can ask a question anonymously. And then the entire company either thumbs up or thumbs down to see whether they want me to answer it in that update. Wow, I love that. And, and um, basically, I'm obliged to answer the top three. <laughs> so people have the power to get to control and and the idea is like you say to stay connected and the pub chat you know is what i'm trying to eradicate the grapevine the yeah. where, where people misinterpret or or, or come up with one and one makes three when, when they're observing things within the organization. So I just want to bring everything to the surface, give everyone a voice and try and keep that connectivity and that communication channels wide open. Yeah, that is wonderful. And I mean, that is exactly what would happen in the external PR world, wouldn't it? You know, if there was a rumor or if there was something going around, it's great that the the, the CEO can just kind of nip it in the bud immediately with a press release that says, actually, this is the reality that is that is going on. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's happening more and more. So that is wonderful that that spirit then is being translated internally in the same way, isn't it? Right. Exactly right. You know, so it's a very successful, I mean, it works extremely well yes. and it has brought so many subjects and it gives me a chance to explain that sometimes also it's from an individual lens. Yeah. You, your paradigm is one way, but then, like I say, if you aggregate everything, I've got the curse of the aggregated view. So anything that you're thinking from an individual standpoint, multiply it by 700 and it paints a very different picture. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. And so there's, so, and, and I, you know, one of the things that came up um, and it does come up is that, you know, yes, it's great for leaders to be connected, but oh my goodness, the time investment, Rob, you know, that you're giving to this is, I mean, is it, is it now, do you think that this is just, it's, you, it's inescapable. It's something you have to do as a leader, you know, to be, I mean, we, we always talk about being accessible as possible and, you know, and, and all these things. Do you think this is, the future of leadership, are we there? Is this it? You know, is, is it, how challenging is, is all balancing it all? You know, what, what, how does it feel to be doing all of that? Is it the right thing? You know, because it's very different, isn't it, to what, what we would have experienced when we were employed right. know, by, by the leader who sits in the boardroom that nobody even sees. So, right. you know, this is a very big shift. Yeah, and I think it's organically happening. So, and I don't think anything feels right until it's habitual and and or it becomes a cultural norm. And it's been iteratively and organically happening right in front of our very eyes. So, yeah. um, yes, I think it is. Uh, my, my philosophy is more about quality than quantity. Yeah. So, if once it's frequent enough, 
that people remember you're there and you're accessible through that channel. Um, I try to to add humility and humor to my posts and uh, let them uh, give a little bit of insight into my family and and and. Uh, our lives, because um, I've often asked, you know, how do I achieve the work-life balance and with all the travel? Yeah, and it, and I always end up doing the cheesy cliche answer, which is, I don't work a day in my life. I there's there's lots of things outside work I enjoy more than other things. There's things at work I enjoy more than other things. So, you know, if I have to go to the gym two or three times a week. Actually, I don't enjoy that as much as a, a brainstorming meeting at work, but yeah. it's something I have to do. So I just see my life as one big prioritization, um, trying to do the right thing to all the people that, that mean something to me in my life. And it, that, hopefully that shows. Yeah. The question is, through digital and social channels, it's just what content you put on which platform and like I say, make sure that the quality's there, the honesty is there, yeah. um, and it's and it's real. That that's that's for me is the the most important thing. Yeah, I, I, fundamental because we can all see when it isn't, isn't it? You know, oh my it, goodness, it, yes. It, it's like a human, a human. It, it's a trait. You know, we're we're designed to to sniff it out. Yeah. So um, so. What would you say? And it's quite a big question, but you know, so far. It, with this new style of leadership, I mean, it's the way that you, you've, you've been operating for a while, you know, and like you say, it's constantly iterating and, and learning. What's been your biggest learning so far around, you know, being, being a digital leader, being a, a social CEO? How, what have you learned so far? What can you share with others that you think would be useful? Yeah, transparency is key. Yeah. I think that's it. I think the new workforce absolutely require that and demand that of you. And um, there are many places to work, and in, particularly in my world, that it's definitely a seller's market. Anybody with the requisite skills are um, highly in demand, and it's our responsibility to offer the environment, the progression, the investment, um, and the, just the, the 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 time and respect, it, it's it's our responsibility to do that. And once upon a time, I think you could hide behind a hierarchy. You can't do that anymore. I think mm-hmm. you sh- you need to listen to the young, innovative, creative people. But you've also got to try and put some structure and actually um, support with the life skills that come with that. So, yeah. what I've learned is that taking life experiencing life experience and trying to articulate that in a way that is palatable to the new ambitious, I almost say aggressively ambitious um, workforce is what I've learned. Also, I've learned that, you know, that there are no veterans in digital, obviously. Yeah. That anything you knew more than two years ago is verging <laughs> on irrelevant. So um, it, it's, it's one of those things that if that's the case, you can imagine. So all of these young, ambitious people who are coming in, yeah. two years with, within their role, they could look around and there's no one that's more more qualified than them. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That, it's, that is, yeah, that's, it. that's an interesting thing, isn't it? The, because they've got to keep learning and, um, and evolving. And as an organization, you've got to keep growing them as well, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Are, are, are you hearing those beeps? No. Oh, that's just my end. Okay. No, I can't hear any beeps. Um, so, um, 
So this leads me to my my learn about the leader. Now, I have done a little bit of learning about you, Rob, in as much as I follow you on Instagram. So I know that you love golf. Right. And, um, but I'm not going to ask you anything about golf. I'm going to okay. ask you some three quick fire questions that are away from the digital and the social landscape. Just a little bit about you. And um, so let's see how we go with them. Some of them are pretty big questions, but it's just whatever comes into the top of your mind. So, okay. If you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? I'm going to go with most of the voting systems. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Out there. And I think that, I mean, a very crude way to, to possibly resolve some of my objections to the way things are done is that maybe even if it was the shortest questionnaire to identify whether people have the facts or the basic facts around what they're voting for and can make a more informed decision. Yeah. I think that's the one thing we're seeing too much evidence where I, I totally believe in freedom of speech and, and, and having the right to have a vote and to have your say, no matter what part you play in society, I just would much rather it was a slightly more informed. Yeah. It's so antiquated a lot of the systems as well, aren't they? You know, it's really not been brought up to the current, the current environment that we're all living in. So that, that needs to be thought through. So yes, very good. I love that. Um, so which book have you read recently, Rob, that's inspired you? It's Outliers, I think. Oh, great. Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's really helped me feel confident about what we're doing and not constantly look at the past and uh, for, for ways in which to succeed in the future. And uh, I also think that uh, it really told me about the when and that not to get too sort of arrogant and complacent about where you're at, because sometimes you genuinely are in the right place at the right time, yeah. and you should spend time exploiting that luck or the, the circumstantial benefit that you've got and make the most of it. And I think um, yeah, there, there, there was a lot of great takeaways from that book. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrific book. I like all of his books, actually. I don't think he's written a bad one yet. Um, and what's the best, this is last but certainly not least, what's the best piece of advice you've been given to date? So, oh, that's a good one. Um, I think... Am I allowed to kind of change my answer slightly that it's not, not necessarily advice, but it's something I read that somebody said that really inspired me and I kind of took that as advice. You, you have full, Would that work? full permission to do that. Okay, great. So it was something that Michael, I read recently that Michael Jordan said, the, the, the um, basketball player. Yep. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. Ooh. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Yeah. And that, if, if I could give anyone advice, I think more is lost from indecision and wrong decisions. I think that we need to be live and nimble and quick. So get, you know, you've got to be in it to win minimal yeah. viable products, get something out there, get it working, learn what didn't work, iterate. And in this very quick, fast-paced world, particularly with digital, it's the constant failure. And, and, and I don't like the cliche, you know, 
fail fast. Fail, fail fast yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that kind of loses the, the, the whole message and I thought he really summed it up when, when yeah, he said I love that. that. That is great. That is great. So, Rob, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. There's so much insight and it, it's really interesting to get your position coming from the agency, the side as well. So um, I really value your contribution. So sincere thanks for that. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Get Social Connected Leader podcast. Thank you to my guest and indeed thank you to you for tuning in. Please do feel free to share the podcast with colleagues and friends who you think will enjoy it and indeed subscribe to tune in for more episodes. You'll find the podcast on all the usual platforms and all episodes are also on our website carvelcreative.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You'll also find some really useful digital and social resources on that site too, so be sure to check those out. So for now, from me, Michelle Carville, your host on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in and goodbye. Oh, P.S. If you're a business leader with something to share around digital and social technologies and you're keen to be a guest on the podcast, then I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, michelle at carvelcreative.co.uk.